The Pasik says you're never allowed to go and see Egypt again the same way. Then the Rambam says, and I touched on this last week, but Alexandria Bichlala Isra, and Alexandria is included in the prohibition. Now, what was Alexandria? The Jews in Egypt, this is interesting, the Jews in Egypt were very wealthy at the time. I mean, when I say wealthy, remember, the wealthiest person going back 500 years ago was in a worse condition than the poorest person in, in, in America today. No toilets. Mr. Crapper had not been born. Mm-hmm. That was his name. The guy who made the flush, the whole flusher, his name was Crapper. Did you know that? I heard that once or twice. Okay. That definitely slipped my mind. Okay. No air conditioning. No ice cream. Dolly Madison was the first one to make ice cream. She was the wife of President Madison. That was a whole big thing. Like, like she had this whole thing concocted in the basement in a, in a freezer that she made out of the, whatever. I don't even know they did it. But the bottom line is, the wealthiest people in the olden times are nothing compared to today. But the Jewish people in Alexandria felt bad. They didn't have a Beit HaMikdash. So they built the equivalent of where we would of the base on Mikdash. It was so big, the Gemara says that the people could not hear the Chazin say Amen. So the Chazin, next to the Chazin, there was a special person who had flags, and when they would raise one flag, they knew it was Amen. A different flag it was Yehesh Me Rabbah. They had different flags for people, but the Rambam says. Even even if it was the biggest shoal in the world, you're not allowed to live there because it's Egypt. And Egypt is a prohibition, so let's be right. And as we read last week, that the Rambam, the Rambam himself said, I didn't read this to you, but the Rambam writes in the Kesef Mishnah, he writes, that he when he writes about himself, he says, he says, Ni Moshe ben Maimon, Ha'over, who who goes every day and makes three Averas a day by living in Egypt. He wrote that about himself. But he was stuck. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Sometimes there's things that we do that what are we going to do? We have no choice. Sometimes there's things that we're forced on. He felt that he, is, that he was forced by the Sultan of Egypt to stay in Egypt. There are things... Sometimes there's things. Look around this room. L'chatechila, were we allowed to write down the Torah Shabbat? The oral law. The oral law. The Torah came in two parts. We have the written law and the oral law. The written law is, is Chumash and Navi. The oral law is the Gemar, right? But it's written down. So how's that oral? It wasn't supposed to be. Came Rabbi Huda Nasi in the year 155 of the Common Era, and he said, "If we don't write anything down, we're screwed, because we're not going to remember it." So he wrote it down because of a pasuk that says "Eislas Hashem," which means that there's a time you got to do for God, because even though it goes "Hefir Torasecha," even though it's against the Torah, because because people are not going to remember the whole Mishnayis. I can't remember a freaking telephone number.
do you know your mother's telephone number? You do. Do you know? Yeah. I know his mother. I, know his I don't. I don't know anybody's telephone. Number. Max, do you know people's telephone numbers? Yeah, from 15 years ago. Same, yeah. When I was but a kid, recently, I you know any numbers? I mean, I don't know how anybody learned all the Mishnayas by heart. I don't know how they did it. They didn't have TVs. Need TV. What are you gonna do without the born, the born movies? Do you know what the born movies are? He doesn't know what I'm talking about. You know what the born yeah, movies? Yeah, never are. watched them though. You never watched the born movies? He never did. I know what it is. <clears throat> he says that the good movies, the born Mission Impossible, the new Mission Impossible. Did you see that one? But he says, <clears throat> You are allowed to return to Egypt for business, to sell things, or to just do general labor and business. That people you're go on to. vacation there. Yeah, so it's not so posh it to go to Egypt. Go to Yeshiva in Israel. So Egypt. it's not so posh it. So he says, the prohibition is to put yourself in, is to live there. You know, it's one thing to go on a visit, but to, according to the Rambam, you're allowed to go visit, but you're not allowed to live there. He also, but not everybody agrees. There are those of a person that say, it's mamish, oh, you're not allowed to have it. Now let's learn tests. This is where we're up to here. Also, let's say, it's the it is always prohib- it's, it's prohibited to leave Israel. The question as to whether we have to leave America to go to Israel, that's a different story. But you're never allowed to leave Israel to go to Chutzlar. So you're never allowed to, except for three, uh, three exceptions. What are the three exceptions? You never, you got Israel, you got to be in Israel. All Jews should be in Israel unless there are three exceptions. Where are they? Do you remember them? Number one is Elalil Mo Torah. Number one is to learn Torah. So you're going to say, but their yeshivas in Israel. Well, first of all, historically, there were times when there were very few yeshivas in Israel. But the second thing is, even if there's yeshivas in Israel, but what if you don't learn well there? Let's say there's a person who who has a dream. He, he lives in Israel... And he heard about a yeshiva called Fishers in New York. And he wants to go to Fishers in New York. Did you go to Fishers? Yeah. He wants to go to Fishers in New York. New York Fisher, right? So then you can leave Israel. Maybe you shouldn't leave Israel for Fishers. But, but, but the concept being, for, for the purpose of learning Torah, you're allowed to leave because you don't learn from everybody, you know? You need to be in the place where you feel like home, like fishers. Second, second issue. Now, there are some people. There are some people that want to marry whales. And they look all over Israel and they just can't find anybody to get married to. So such a person can leave Chutzlars in order to get married. 
You're allowed to leave Israel to learn Torah if you can't find the yeshiva or you can't if you can't learn there. And you're allowed to leave Israel if you want to get married and it's just not working. You know, no matter what you do, they keep on setting you up and it's just not working. You just have nothing to talk in common. You're not... Can you see that? Can you see having marrying an Israeli as being problematic? Maybe not. Depends where. But if it's not for you, if you're not meeting your wife, you're allowed to leave Eretz Israel. That that's the bottom it depends line. Depends how from she is. Depends how from. A mayor shara and girl. A girl. That, I mean, you know, that's what's in the Torah culture. She doesn't like the bins on fire, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's reason number two. Reason number three is the Hatzel Min Ha'akum. If you worried about being killed by Arabs, by Goyim. Let's say, you know, right now Israel has a strong army, first of all. And it might even be safer in, Amer- in Israel than in America, in a certain way. In a certain way. But let's say Israel has no army. And let's say you're worried about being killed by pogroms there or something. So you could leave Israel. Those are your only three reasons that you're allowed to leave. So you're allowed to leave, again, number one is, uh, <coughs> excuse me, number one is for Torah, number two is to get married, number three is to be saved from the, uh, the non-Jews who, who are after you and therefore you want to leave the country. But then he has two words that the Rambam adds, and he says, V'yachsil arts. And then you got to go back to Israel. In other words, once you, because you, just because you're learning and, and you know you decided that you want to learn in Lakewood, right? You're leaving Israel to go learn in Lakewood. That's fine. I mean, that's okay. But you can't live there forever. Your intention has to be to get back. I got to get back to Israel because that's what everything's about. Yeah. So is this when saying Israel means like? Modern Israel, or like Eretz Israel, when it's like uh, no, no, no. It's not. It's not a. Re- it's not a governmental issue. It's a. It's a land issue. So that when it says Israel here, he's referring to the idea of living. And I'll read to you further because we're just starting. He's referring to the ob- to the beauty and the obligation of living in God's land. You know. Even if the whole country is is run by Goyim, right? But it's still Eretz Yisrael. It's straight. So and why do we live here then? Really, we are supposed to live there? We are. Really, we are supposed to live there. Now, we're not in the situation where he started this by saying you're not allowed to leave Israel. There's a big difference between somebody who was born in, in Yushalayim and all his life, he, you know, there was no money. He had, he grew up with poverty, and with missiles or whatever. And he wants to leave, right? There's a big difference between somebody who, or, or somebody who grew up in Yerushalayim and just he heard how amazing um, Manhattan is, and he wants to be there. There's a big difference between that and somebody that was born in New York, let's say, and. Uh, we're here. And now that person, 
needs to pick themselves up and say to their mother, I'm going to Israel. It's a very, very big difference. So what about, let's say we go for yeshiva, technically we're living there, and then we're leaving. Not Pasha. Is that considered that we're living there or no? I don't think it's called living there. It's only if you were like born there. I don't think, no, no, you could make Aliyah. You can go there and make Aliyah and then you really shouldn't leave. Right. I, I don't know, you're asking a good question. I'm going I'm to prove to you that it's a good question. You know, if you live in Chutzlars, you keep two days yantif. If you live in Israel, if you live there, you, take, you keep one day yantif. If you go to yeshiva there, how many days do you keep? Keep both days. You keep two days? Yeah. Interesting. Did you, you learn yeshiva? Have, you have to have property there to be considered. That's the point. You understand? That's the point. Yeah. But if you were there for two days, then you really should be leaving. He also says over here that you're allowed to leave, allowed to leave Israel for business. Again, so we have to get married, to learn Torah, to protect yourself from being killed if you're afraid, and to do business. But to move to Chutzlarts, just to move to Israel, that's not allowed. The only unless he says that you're dealing with such a situation that there's a famine all over Israel, then then you could leave. But otherwise, you're not allowed to. And then you have to go back to Israel. You got to go back to Israel. This is my friend Ben Lohe. Not a simple Jew. This is a wonderful Jew. He cares only about Jewish people. Beautiful. Really. Nice to meet you, Ben. I'm telling you. I'm going to read words to you. I'm going to read these words to you, and they're very, very difficult words to hear because this is what you're touching on. We're talking about the idea of how wonderful Israel is. I'm going to just read the words. The, uh, this is the Rambam. Let's talk about the Rambam for a minute. The Rambam was so great. He lived in the, in the year, we're using easy numbers, the year 1000. It wasn't 1,000 of the modern numbers. It wasn't 1,000. It was more like 1,050-something. But we're just easy, you know, easy numbers. Okay? He lived at the same time as Rashi, except the Rambam was born in Cordova, Spain. And then he had to leave Spain because the Jews were being threatened in Spain. And from there he moved to Cairo, or in Arabic, it's Kahir, that he moved to Cairo. The Rambam wrote, he was a doctor, he was the doctor for the Sultan of Egypt. And as we said before, that's why he didn't leave and go to Israel. Uh, the Rambam is most known for, when you learn Gemara, it tells it's like conversations and, and discussions and everything, but it's not straight halacha. The Rambam took all the Gemaras and he codified and he made like the first Shulchan Aruch. That's what the Mishnah Torah is. That's what he did. The Rambam was beyond anything we can imagine. The Rambam writes, 
Even though it might be allowed to leave Israel under those four, leaving the land of Israel under those four reasons. Number one, to get married because you can't find the woman of your dream. She's too small. Number two is you want to learn Torah and you can't find the right place to learn or there is no place to learn because there's no Jews there, let's say, God forbid. Number three is <clears throat> you're afraid of, of staying in Israel because of the attacks of non-Jews. Number four is you need to make business. You're not making any money. So he says, even though those are legitimate reasons to leave, but just because something is legitimate to do doesn't mean you have to do it. There are things in life that we call, there's a thing that you're allowed to be you're allowed to if you have no choice. But that's not the way it should be. And therefore the Rambam says, says, even though for these four reasons you're allowed to leave Israel, you're allowed to leave Israel. And therefore when you meet an Israeli who left because he wanted to make money in New York, you cannot look at him as being a sinner by leaving Israel, even though you're not allowed to leave Israel because that's one of the accepted reasons to leave. However, he says, He says, that's not the holy way. Leaving Israel, even though you can't find a wife, is not midas chasidus. You'll find a wife. God will send you. If that's what you want, you want to live in Israel, God's going to send you a wife in Israel. Sharei Machlon Vekilion. Do you know who Machlon and Kilion were? We'll talk about that in a minute. Shnei Gedoli Hadohayu. They were two leaders of the Jewish community. Ubimnetzar Gedoli Yatsu. And they left Israel because of a big problem. There was a situation where there were these two great leaders of the Jewish people. And they were very, very wealthy. But the problem was they didn't want to give away tzedakah the whole time. You know, when you never have people come to your people, they don't want to give me tzedakah, tzedakah, tzedakah. Sure. So they were going to these people because Israel was going through a famine. So when Israel was having a hard economic time, so the poor people of Israel were going to the wealthy people. These two people were very, very wealthy, and they didn't like the idea of giving away the tzedakah money that they had. They didn't want to give away their money. So they left. They left Israel. And they died. And they had all sorts of other things. Even though technically were they allowed to leave Israel, they were allowed because it was a famine. Technically. But that's not what God wants. God doesn't want you to leave the society. I'm going to tell you a story now. I'm going to tell you a story. This is a true story. It's crazy. And I would like you guys not to believe me about it. You can look it up. There were two brothers. I've told this story over before. You remember the story? I can't say it again. It's a good one. This is a, this is a real story. This is good. There were two brothers. And they were very, very wealthy American Jews. They owned two very famous store chains at the turn of the 20th century, which means 
like in 1905 or something like that. They owned two very famous stores. One was called Macy's. Maybe you heard of that store. You heard of Macy's? They owned Macy's. Yeah, could be, that's worth a lot of money. Macy's is, yeah. And they didn't own one Macy's like in Manhattan. They owned all the Macy's. The other was called S&A Strauss. S&A Strauss was the S&H Strauss. It was like a Macy's, but it was a little bit like cheaper. It was, you know, like, like pay less, Target. Let's use Target. Because I think Target is a cheaper version of Macy's. Uh, you, know, you know, something like that? Okay. Ma- but a massive, this was throughout the whole country. Now, you probably figured out what their last name was. It wasn't Macy's. It was Strauss. That's why they had a company, uh, stores that were called Strauss department stores. All right? They went out of, the Strauss went out of business about 30 years ago. But uh, it was fabulous, big, big. Okay. Two brothers. One's brother's name was Nathan, Hebrew Natan. And the other one, I don't remember his name. I could look it up, but it doesn't matter, really. So these two guys are super wealthy. I'm going to look up the date while we're talking. So we have the... Um, we could we we could look it up and okay it's gonna be all over I'm sure. Uh, what year did Nathan Strauss go to Israel? 1912. He went. Just gonna his brother's name was Isidore. Okay. Strauss broke his leg on the 1912 visit to Palestine and was unable. Okay. 1912. According to Wikipedia, Strauss broke his leg on a 1912 visit to Palestine and was unable to join his brother. Okay, I'm not going to tell you the rest of it. I'm going to tell you now. So they go to Israel. And they look around the country. Isidore says, I got to go back home. I got to go back home. Because I got Macy's to take care of business. And I got the Strauss business, the, 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 the stores. Nathan says, no, I'm not going back. I'm in Israel. I love this country. And they need it to be built up. You know, in 19, okay, in 1912, there was nothing doing in Israel in 1912. It was the British mandate, right? What? The British mandate, right? Yeah, it was the beginning. It was actually, in 1912, it might have been under the Turkish, it might have been yeah. under the Turks. But the place was, the, there was nothing going on. Nothing was, it was a disaster. So Isidore said, I'm going home. I'm going back. And Nathan said, I'm not going back. I'm staying here. So Isidore said, no problem. So Isidore took with his wife, they, he he get, went back to England to take a boat to America. And he went on a very famous boat called the Titanic. It's rough. It was very rough. And Isidore died on the Titanic. And Nathan stayed in Israel. And he started a little city called Netanya. From the word Nathan. That's how it started. So... 
It was the love of Israel that saved Nathan. It wasn't the that he that Isdor didn't love Israel, and he wasn't being punished for leaving. No, he just wanted to run his business. He had to go back to his business. Nathan, if he would have gone back on the boat, as a matter of fact, there's discussion. I saw once a, a telegram that Isidore sent to his brother, that, you know, like, please get here quickly because the boat is going to be leaving in like two or three days. And it's like, like, it's the Titanic. The Titanic was the equivalent. See, when we hear the word Titanic to us, that's like hell on earth, right? Like that, that's like... But Titanic, what would that, what would, what is it in your brain when you think of Titanic? You think of the worst possible thing, right? I mean, like in, the waves rocking the ship right. back and forth. <laughs> it's like the worst thing you could think about is you're going on this big boat and then it crashes and, you know, and you think, who's the big actor in the Titanic? Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. You're thinking of him on the front of the boat with his girlfriend sinking down. You know, that's, that's what, no, that's what you're thinking about. But in, when the Titanic on its maiden voyage, I mean, that was like, that was like going on the, the, the super, I don't know. The wealthiest people in the world were only able to go on there. Yeah, only the wealthiest. On the top, anyway. Gotta love Israel. Let's continue. Gedolei HaChachamim. The greatest of Chachamim. The greatest of the Jewish sages. Hoyuminashkim. They used to kiss they used to kiss the border as soon as they got to the border of Israel they'd get on the floor and they'd kiss the rocks I'll tell you something interesting I don't think I don't know ask your parents if they have this ask your mother just ask them it used to be when you'd go to Israel you used to have these jars with Israeli sand in it, with colors. Did you ever see that? No. Whoa, 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 Max, Max, Max. You're a Zionist, right? Did you ever see come from Israel like they had like these t- terrariums like with sand, with colors, different color Israeli sand? Did you ever see them? Yeah, give me ten minutes, okay? Bye-bye. You never saw it. Israeli, it would be like these little jars, and people used to have it in in their houses. They would bring it back. Do you know that you're buried when you die? They put a piece of of, um, a a little twig in your hand. They put a piece of pottery on your eyeballs. Really? Yeah. My wife used to work in the Chavar Kadisha. They put a little... Did you come, did it show up? No. It's like from Jordan. But it has Jordan? Yeah. Terrarians from Jordan? What's it called? A terrarium. How do you spell that? I don't know. I can't spell that. I'm learning the, the terrarium. Terrarium. Um, and they put a little sand from Israel in the coffin. Did you know that? No. Yeah? Is put a little scene. Up in toss, no, they put a little there's things that they do and one of the things they do is they put a little bit of sand. What's going on? How could we go on? We uh, I bet my wife does. Who would know? 
Let me, who should I ask? And just to make him crazy. Okay, okay, okay. Richie Richter, I bet he would be mad. No, he wouldn't. Who, who would know? Oh, your father! I bet that your father, where, where are they? At a wedding? No. Where are they? should be home. No, that was uh, last What about your mother? What about you? Okay, here we go. Okay, how many people here think that his father's going to know what I'm talking about? Not nuts. I'm not nuts. Alicia, you're now in charge of our learning. I'm sitting here with five wonderful tzaddikim. Yeah. Including enough Tula sitting next to me. And we're, we're, we're learning about burying people with, with pottery on their eyeballs. Oh, yeah, I've done that. And yep. you've done that already. <laughs> yeah. You've been in Hever Kadisha? Yes, I was. So can you tell us, like, some of the things that they do? They, I think they put a twig in your hand. No. No. I, at least the one I used to do did not do that. I think they did. Okay, yeah. Okay. The Hever Kadisha that I was on did not. Um... Oh, shoot. I just didn't put my son to sleep here, so he's not very happy with me. Um, so let's see. They took some dirt from Eretz Yisrael. Oh, that's... And they would, where do they, they put, would put it? They put it in with him. Where, they, after we wrapped him in the towels, they used to put it in there with him. What do they do and with your inside. nose? They do something with the nose, right? I remember there was something with an egg we used to do. Not the nose, per se. Stuff. Everything they, gets cleaned out, though. Including the nose, I guess. Right? But they put some, um, they put a hard boiled egg? No, soft boiled egg. A soft boiled egg. There's something to put on the cheeks, I think. I don't remember. It's, it's been a good 30, almost 30 years, so. I wouldn't forget no. that. <laughs> I would not tell you the <laughs> truth. I, if it happens to me, I mean, if I was doing Hever Kadisha one time, I would never forget an egg on your shoulder. What What else yeah, do they do? Right. What else do they do? And they would cut um, one of the corners of the talus. So that the towels was actually puzzle. That was another thing we used to do. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, now I want to go back in your memory box in your brain. Yeah. Okay, this is going to go deep very far. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, I mean, I know they did this, but I'm older than you, mm-hmm. that people went to Israel on a trip. They would go on trips, they you know, mm-hmm. tourists... And they would come back with sand from Israel? Yeah, like you said, a little before my time, but yeah. And did, do you remember that there would be like these, like these terrariums, they would like have multiple colored sand? Yeah. You do remember this? Not yeah, I don't, I don't remember it very vividly being from Francis Roll, but I remember we used to have those, sure. Oh, so it's not valid. No, it's it valid. Came, it's, it came from anywhere. No, it's not. Now he's telling me that when you go to Israel and they sell cans of Israeli air, air. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not true. <laughs> they sell uh, air from Israel. Did you ever see that? It was a whole listen, business. Man, it was a every, whole business. Where there's a book to be made, the Jews gonna find it. They friend. had. They had water from the Galilee for where Yashka Pundrik, where he walked. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. never saw that. I saw that. It was specifically this drop that he stepped on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Okay, have a good night. Nice to hear from you, Holy Rabbi. Good All night. the best. Okay, one last halacha here. This is not just a game. This is really mm-hmm. what it says mm-hmm. over here. It says over here, Ko, okay, Afilu holach ba arba amos. Even if you walked only four amos in Israel, Zoha l'chai olam habo. You get olam habo for walking in Israel four amos. It's a big deal. It's Rambam. This is not. This is not uh, the Jewish press. Right. Not the funny. You know, not not the comics in the Jewish press. The Rambam. And if you are buried there, it's a big kapara. Okay. Who else can we find out about this? Who can we call? We have to. I can't believe. I I'm, I'm very disillusioned. Right now. Okay, we gotta find them. One sec. Should I stop the recording? Oh, yeah. Seeing.